Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2280 with a release date of Friday, July 9th, 2021 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Ham radio at the top of the world, the North Pole. A powerful radio telescope spans two continents, and a California man's mobile antenna takes him down the road to trouble. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2280 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Wadsworth, Ohio, Stephen Kenford, NAW Our top story this week combines science, art, adventure, and amateur radio as a Russian artist, writer, and Russian Orthodox archpriest set sail to activate a polar station adrift in the Arctic Ocean. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, has that story. Imagine an ice floe more than three meters thick set up as a shack for the multi-purpose amateur radio de-expedition. The Poseidon Expeditions team set sail on July 11 with Russian writer and artist Fedor Konyukov R0FK on board. Fedor is making his fourth trip to the North Pole where he will study ice melt patterns and drift routes and perform other scientific observations with the help of equipment from the Institute of Oceanology of the Russian Academy of Sciences and other organisations. Using 100 watts, Fedor will also activate R0FK slash pole on 20 metres and hopes to transmit on or around 14.333 megahertz. Details about his activation schedule can be obtained from the RA5G club station. In translation from Russian, the 69-year-old traveller writes on his website, and I quote, The station will allow me not only to do science, but also I'll paint pictures, keep a diary. I love our planet. End quote. From at a radio newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. So you think you've got a top-notch antenna farm? Try matching your collection of towers, beams, and long wires to this work in progress. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, has the details. The Square Kilometre Array Observatory has been 30 years in the planning stage, and now workers commence to build it as the world's largest radio telescope, comprising a network of dishes and antennas on two continents. Two different parts of the telescope, the SKA Low Array and the SKA Mid Array, are under construction in Australia and South Africa, respectively. The South African site will have 200 large dish receivers, and Western Australia will be home to more than 131,000 small antennas spread throughout the region north of Perth. When completed, the telescope's collecting area will be one square kilometre with the ability to receive signals in the range between 70 megahertz to at least 25 gigahertz. Chiara Ferrari, who is a director of a French organisation involved in the project, called the radio telescope a game-changer in many different fields. She said, quote, It will be uniquely positioned to answer some outstanding questions about the evolution of galaxies and offer us a unique opportunity to start studying the raw material behind the formation and evolution of bright sources from the cosmic dawn to current years, end quote. The announcement of its progress was made recently at the annual meeting of the European Astronomical Society. Scientists claim it will study the universe at a depth never before achieved by any radio telescope. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. Scientists have followed up with this announcement by acknowledging what they call, quote, an extremely concerning threat, end quote, of radio frequency interference from many of the new satellite constellations such as Starlink and OneWeb and China's proposed Chinese Guang 
constellation. Philip Diamond, the observatory's director general, said that discussions were in progress with the satellite operators for mitigation measures. Amateurs in Region 1 of the International Amateur Radio Union are grieving the loss of an influential ham from Kuwait. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us about him. An influential and well-respected leader in IARU Region 1 has become a silent key. Faisal Al-Ajmi 9K2RR had been the region's vice president since the general conference in 2014. He died from COVID-19 following a lengthy hospitalisation. Known as an accomplished contester and an advocate for amateur radio in the Arab world, he was the voice of the IARU at ITU World Radio Conferences and in the Arab Spectrum Management Group meetings. According to his QRZ page, he was also Vice President of the Gulf Amateur Radio Union and the Kuwait Amateur Radio Society, also serving as Licence Examiner and a trainer in CW. He was a team leader during the World Radio Sport Team Championship in Russia in 2010. Faisal was also the creator of the 9KCC HF contest in the Arab world. He held the US call sign W2RRR. IARU Region 1 President Don Beatty, G3BJ, issued a statement remembering him as a valued member of the Executive Committee and of the Region 1 team. Vale Faisal Al Ajmi, 9K2RR. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. A ham considered a pioneer in amateur radio in his part of India has become a silent key. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, tells us about him. Mahabala Hegde was known as a teacher, a tinkerer, and an amateur radio mentor to many in coastal Karnataka, India. The retired senior bank manager, who was 83, died at his home on Friday, July 2nd of old age, according to a report in the Mangalorean News. A veteran of the Indian Air Force, he had a lifelong interest in radio that began with shortwave listening. A life member of the Amateur Radio Society of India, he got his licence in 1978 and operated for four decades, most recently with the callsign VU2HEG. He also inspired his son Abe, VU2ABU, to become licensed. Through his interest in supporting other hams, especially the next generation, he co-founded the Mangalore Amateur Radio Club, where he was a life member, and he supported the VU2REC Ham Radio Club at the National Institute of Technology in Karnataka. In a condolence message posted on the Mangalorean News website, Mahish Raj Malp, VU3FDT, a member of the Mangalore Club, referred to him as a father figure who taught communication and etiquette for hams operating on the HF, VHF and UHF bands. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, said L2BHF. If you happen to notice some unusual propagation on July 3rd, you can look to the sun, of course, for the reason behind it. According to NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory, a new sunspot exploded, ionizing the top of the Earth's atmosphere. The C7-class solar flare also created a blackout on the shortwave frequencies over the Atlantic Ocean. If you were among those operating just below 30 megahertz at around 1429 UTC, you likely noticed it. You were in good company. So did those at sea. 
those piloting planes, and even the operator of a space weather observatory in Norway, who said the flare disturbed all his instruments. According to a report at the spaceweather.com website, the unnumbered sunspot, which is near the sun's northwestern limb, continues to grow. If you're saving a collection of older editions of your favorite amateur radio magazine and have run out of shelf space, you may be interested in learning about a new option for hams in Spain. Jeremy Boot, G4NGH, tells us more about it. Imagine having more than 70 years' worth of amateur radio magazines at your fingertips while still having plenty of room on your bookshelves. Spain's National Amateur Radio Society, URE, has just made that possible for their amateurs, the organisation has digitised issues from 1949 to 2020 and created PDFs that are downloadable from their website. Each PDF of the Spanish magazine is approximately 200 megabytes. The files are readily available if you live in Spain or are simply interested in their amateur radio history. The URE website says that by making the archives available in this way, it hoped that its history would gain greater visibility. The next step is to create an index and search system to locate the various articles. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the W8WKY repeater in Doylestown, Ohio, on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. local time, right before the weekly Serenet at 8 p.m. Whoever said there was no such thing as a second chance obviously hasn't heard this next report about a special event station that was held earlier this year and is coming back for a few days in just a few weeks. Randy Sly, W4XJ, explains. Is Pluto still in your orbit? Did you participate in the special event in February that launched the 10-year countdown to the 100th anniversary of Pluto's discovery? Or did you mean to and just never got around to it? According to Bob Wirtz, NF7E, one of the organizers, the event was such a success that not everyone got to work W7P this year, so the special event is getting back on the air for three more days. On Friday, August 6th through Sunday, August 8th, the Northern Arizona DX Association is putting W7P back on the air to mark the anniversary of Pluto's discovery by Clyde Tombaugh, at the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona. Just as in February, you will also have a chance to work the late astronomer's nephew, Doug Tombaugh, who will be using the call sign W7P-0. After that, be listening each year on the Saturday preceding February 18th. The special event will conclude in 2030, which marks 100 years since the discovery. For details about QSL cards and certificates, visit the association website at nadxa.com. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. Radio operators looking for the most up-to-date information about French amateurs have just received a new resource. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, explains. France's National Frequency Agency has published the latest edition of its online directory of radio amateurs enabling users to locate radio club addresses, find managers of repeaters, and search regular and special event call signs throughout France. 
A search tool enables users to filter criteria for more exact results. In making the announcement, the agency said that the directory complies with the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulations, that allow amateurs not to be included in the list by registering to opt out. HAMS will also be able to dispute any information on their listing that they challenge as inaccurate. The website provides a link through which HAMS can send an email to correct their information. The URL for the online directory appears in the printed version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Bucci for NJH. Congratulations to three hams who have received the Lifetime Achievement Award of the Amateur Radio Lighthouse Society. Jim Buffington, K5JIM, Jim Elliott, KA3UNQ, and Dan Hatcher, KD3CQN. Jim Buffington has had a long career in professional broadcasting and has served the Lighthouse Society as vice president and chairman. He has activated lighthouses along the U.S. East Coast and Gulf Coast, Eastern Seaboard, and the Gulf Coast. He activated his first lighthouse in Biloxi in 2001. Jim Elliott has activated more than 200 East Coast lighthouses and has chased and contacted more than 1,450 others. He received the Society's first Activator of the Year Award in 2009. He also developed a weekly chat room on the Society website. Dan has activated 178 lighthouses in 15 states, with 72 of them being first-time activations. He has also chased and confirmed almost 1,800 lighthouses in the U.S., Canada, and in DX locations. Dan belongs to the Society's Advisory Council. The Society was founded in 2000 by Jim Wiedner, K2JXW. Listen for Frank K3TRM operating as VP2V slash K3TRM from Tortola, British Virgin Islands, until the 17th of July. Be listening on 40 to 6 meters where he will be using SSB, RIDI, FT8, and also on the satellites. QSL via his home call. Be listening between July 17th and 25th for members of the Quito Radio Club who will be on the air as HD1QRC90. The club is marking its 90th anniversary. They will be on the air on all bands and all modes. QSL via EA5GL. A Russian Robinson Club IOTA slash RRA expedition will be using the call sign RI0FWA between July 24th and 29th from Kunishar Island, IOTA AS-025. Their activation will include the RSGB IOTA contest. Send QSLs to RZ3FW, who is a member of the team. We end this week's report with the story of a mobile antenna and traveling down the road to trouble. Mike Askins, KE5CXP, tells us how it happened. There's nothing like the freedom of having a mobile antenna. And many hams who have at least one will tell you it's a game changer when they're on the road. But when is an antenna too much antenna? According to the California Highway Patrol, it's too much antenna when it's a satellite dish attached to the hood of your car. On July 2nd, a motorist with just that configuration was pulled over by an officer who identified it as a, quote, visual obstruction, unquote. Police said the dish seemed to be an antenna like those that connect to the Starlink service, which SpaceX introduced in its beta stage late last year. According to news accounts in the New York Post newspaper and CNBC, the motorist explained to the officer that the antenna was used for business and it provides a necessary Wi-Fi connection for the car. 
When the officer asked whether it impeded driving in any way, the motorist reportedly said that visibility was an issue only when making right turns. He was given a ticket for a moving violation. A post on the Highway Patrol's Facebook page for Antelope Valley recounted the story too, citing a section of the California Vehicle Code, which makes the mounting of visual obstructions on the hood of a vehicle to be illegal. That apparently applied to this vehicle, which was a red Toyota Prius. Now, perhaps the driver would have had better luck if he'd been driving something older, say one from the 60s or 70s. We're thinking of one Chrysler Motors model in particular. It was called the Plymouth Satellite. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mike Askins, KE5CXP. With thanks to Amateur News Weekly, Amateur Radio Lighthouse Society, the ARRL, Bob Wirtz, NF7E, CNBC, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, DX-World, .net, I-A-R-U, India Today, The New York Post, QRZ.com, Radio Society of Great Britain, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, space.com, spacenews.com, spaceweather.com, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, WTWW, Shortwave Wireless Institute of Australia, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. For more information or to support us, visit our official website at airnewsline.org. Be sure to follow some of these stories as they get a more in-depth look on the YouTube channel of 100 Watts and a Wire. Search for the video segment with the title, Two Stories. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Stephen Kinford, NAWB in Wadsworth, Ohio, saying 73 and as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights reserved.